Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you want to learn how to remote view? Now is your chance. The International Remote Viewing Association is offering eight weeks of remote viewing classes instructed by my friend Michelle Freed. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity starting Saturday, September 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific. The course is only $150, and for members of the IRVA, it's only $110. Just visit irva.org slash events slash registration to sign up now. Back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Michelle Freed. First, I have a couple of announcements. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find some of your favorite podcasts from our community, like The Quantum Guide Show, Understanding Propaganda, Day Zero, Raised by Giants, and many more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also create a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus. That's R-O-K-F-I-N dot com slash FKN plus to sign up now or click the link in the description. Today, I want to welcome back to the show Michelle Freed. She is a graduate of the Alternative Practitioner Academy and received certification from the National Guild of Hypnotism. She completed the beginning, intermediate, and advanced training programs through the International School of Clairvoyance, where she learned to integrate her intuitive gifts with her hypnosis skills. She is a talented remote viewer and remote viewing instructor. 
She has published research related to remote viewing and parapsychology in several magazines. She also works on special remote viewing projects with the Institute of Noetic Sciences. She is also in the documentary Third Eye Spies and appears on an episode of Ancient Aliens. She is the former producer for the Art Bell Show and currently co-owner of the new Midnight.fm network and producer for the Midnight Society radio show. Michelle, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, it's How great to have doing? you back. I'm good. I'm, I'm doing, I can't complain about anything. And yeah, it's great to have you back. Today, we're going to dive even deeper into the realm of remote viewing. And once again, you'll be offering classes starting sep- Saturday, September 3rd, held online by the International Remote Viewing Association. I think it's amazing that you're offering this to people. And we live in incredible times where more and more folks are actually kind of getting down with things like remote viewing, astral travel, meditation, and many other re-emerging spiritual practices. Uh, So it's fun times that we're living in. And it's been a while since you've been on here. Uh, Let's remind the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Started remote viewing um well I started to make a long story short um, I was taking a psychic development class and the teacher um, had just learned this new thing called remote viewing I mean it wasn't new in the world but for her it was new and so she just uh, taught us like a little bit and had us do like an experiment and um, I, I just took to it. I loved it. I liked that it's based with, with science and, um, and I like the fact that you use pen and paper and you record your data and, um, and it, it made sense to me. So I, I really, really liked it. So that's how I got into it. And then I, from there, I just started taking a whole bunch of classes and learning everything about it to the point where I would call myself obsessed. Um, because, um, I've learned so much that I can apply to my personal life to, um, uh, you know, just to be a better person, learning how to trust your intuition and just kind of opening up this door to, you know, what our, our greater good could be. And, uh, and I want to share that with everybody. That's awesome. Uh, and even before you started looking into remote viewing, you had, I guess you could say, enhanced abilities uh, and and some experiences, right? Well, I never really knew I had them until in retrospect. You know, I I was telling somebody the other day, um, and it just occurred to me like recently that this could be um, intuition. Um, but I was really, really bad at math in school. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, you know, struggled with algebra for sure. And, um, I would take a test, but for some reason I would have all the answers correct. And then the teacher would come to me and say, uh, well, Michelle, how did you get this answer? And she's like, you have to show your work. And I'm like, I have no idea how I got the answer. I have no clue. And I didn't even know it was right. You know, she's telling me it was right. And um, and I feel like that could be a form of intuition. I, I never really analyzed it, but I just, you know, kind of it dawned on me actually like within the month 
like, how did I do that? And um, it's kind of like a form of channeling, I would think, you know, like, um, it's like a download from some source that just gave me the answer or something. So um, sometimes you can't explain these things. They just happen. Right on. Now, you have had uh, some very profound experiences after you started practicing remote viewing. Um, and you also did some things with the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Uh, what did you do for them? Um, so we did, um, it was all basically remote viewing. And we worked with um, Dr. Julia Mossbridge, who, who is really interesting, and you should probably have on your show also, she'll knock your socks off. And she put together a project. And um, we, um, we were completely blind, like we had no idea who we were working with, who was funding it. Um, but we were, um, because she works at the Institute of Noetic Sciences, it was kind of going through her. So there were kind of fun, fun people that were outside, but kind of connected through um, um, that organization. And so I think uh, they planned like five, it was right before the pandemic, um, I guess you could call them retreats where we would go to, um, some quiet place for the weekend and we would do about six sessions. And so we didn't know what the topic was that we were doing sessions about. We didn't know who hired us and nobody, nobody told us anything. So, um, so we were working on it. And then when the pandemic hit, we only got two retreats done and they decided, you know, to kind of stop the project. And they told us what we were doing, which was through a big organization um, of scientists that I think have a connection with NASA, something to do with that. Um, they were checking climate control or climate change. And that's what our sessions were um, about. And it was really interesting because I was getting a lot of um, kind of ocean water microorganisms. And so I haven't, they have to write up. So I don't have feedback yet. They have to write it up and then publish it. And then we'll know like what, what we did and what we contributed to and things like that. But I was so excited to be on a project like that because I always like to do things that, um, have a purpose, whether it's helping the world in some way, or even just enlightening myself, because in remote viewing, you could also ask questions about yourself, you know, things that you want to know. Um, you know, a lot of people will use it if they want to, uh, if they have a job opportunity, should I take this job or not, you know, things like that, or ways to, you know, maybe, you know, you're working on um, outer body experiences and you want to know uh, some, some things you could do to make that experience better for you. Um, if you're on a diet and you want to know what foods you should stay away from, you can remote view all these things. And um, I like the fact that you're completely blind. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty reliable information. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. I've had a couple of guests that describe some of their uh, remote viewing sessions and how far they've gone. I, I want to get your 
insights into this. How far do you think we're capable of going with remote viewing? I've had guests say that they've you know, remote viewed other planets. They've remote viewed inside people's body, like you were just talking about, to find you know cancers and things. How far is uh, can we take this? I mean, we've even I've I've um, we've gone into past lives when um, I tasked my students as an exercise to go into a past life and bring back a skill that will help you be a better remote viewer. Um, and we've had really cool, uh, really cool sessions on that. So, I mean, the sky's the limit. Any question you ever have, you can remote view it. Wow. And um, it's, you know, healing. There's um, also the the idea of locating um, the origin of a physical discomfort. Um, so, for example, if somebody's having chronic, like, stomach issues, um, you know, we can kind of task people to find the origin. And it's interesting because when we say it like that, we say, what is the origin of, you know, your stomach issues? You'll find that it's based in some kind of emotional trauma and then, or some stress or some, something you would never expect. You know, it's, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's really interesting how that works out. Now, have you uh, been able to see anything off planet or maybe not in our reality? Um, I had an assignment. Uh, one was um, the Baltic Sea anomaly. So mm. again, I had no idea. I was just given a target number. And uh, this was actually not, um, this was a practice session. So, um, and I was, first of all, um, getting some kind of man-made, um, some kind of man-made structure. I described it and it kind of in my sketches looked very similar to that shape of what you see from the satellite. Um, and then um, I was getting into what you could call going deeper into it, where we were getting information that I, I could um, judge as something very similar to the people of Atlantis um, and something to do with crystals and a whole big thing. And the problem with that, which is cool and could be true, is a lot of these kind of targets that we look at off planet and stuff like that is that we don't have concrete, concrete feedback. Um, we don't know for sure if what we're getting is actual or something that we call an AOL. And an AOL is really important to know because uh, when people ask us, you know, how reli reliable is, is remote viewing? How reliable is psychic? Like, why can't you win the lottery and blah, 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 blah. Well, um, how I answer that question to people is that, um, Joe McMonagall, one of the top first remote viewers from the military, and he always said, Michelle, if you want to be a world-class remote viewer, you have to give up what it is to be human. And I'm like looking at him <laughs> like, what? And <coughs> sorry. Um, and what he meant by that was that as being human in our everyday lives, just going through our lives, 
we're designed, we're wired to look at patterns. We're wired to have everything make sense. So I use this example over and over. I should find a new example, but I'll use this one again. Um, but we'll say like, an, like if we say something we're perceiving as red, shiny, and round, um, our thinking mind, the left brain, is going to go red, shiny, round. That sounds like an apple. You know, uh, that's an apple. And if you keep going, if you're doing your session and you're, you're telling yourself that's an apple, then the rest of your session can kind of go get derailed if it's not an apple. You can start describing a fruit basket. And, um, and so that gets into trouble if you're looking for a missing person, unless the fruit basket is near the missing person, which probably not. Um, so, um, so this is something that we have to overcome. And it's because we're human, we can't always get concrete information. So when I did this session on the Baltic Sea um, and I started going into what I could perceive as the world of Atlantis, I don't know if I was making up a story about something or if it was real. So, um, so I'm always not sure what I'm doing, but I will tell you that uh, in sessions that I give my students, and this will kind of be the counter of what I'm just saying is um, I, I usually, if anyone joins my class, by the way, um, you will get this as a target, but I won't tell you when you're going to get it. So, <laughs> but I always give them the pyramids because what's really cool is that every single person gets uh, in their session, something about water and something about power. And when it gets to a point where almost everybody is getting this, this description, it makes you like, okay, there has to be something real. We're not really making up a story at this point. You know, there has to be, if every single person that's remote viewing and is getting the pyramids, there had, and so when you look back now, you're kind of getting. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, a lot of theories that there was water and that the pyramid's purpose was of power using water. Um, and there's no evidence to prove it, but there's very strong theories about it. Right. So when that, so that's why. I like keep at it because, you know, like the Baltic Sea anomaly, um, you know, people do get a lot of similar things. They do say crystals. Um, they do call it a man-made. Um, so 
uh, that's what I look for when when we're doing those kind of esoteric targets. Um, but in uh, if we're doing something that's like a photo of something, then we can prove that it works. And that's pretty cool. Uh, could you so, give maybe and, some examples of, of that, uh, say, with the photo um, scenario? So, well, um, a lot of times, like in practice, we'll use a photo because I feel like um, when you can, um, you know, say it's kind of a some kind of, you know, um, a photo of the pyramids, for example, when people start getting kind of triangular structures in their session or things like that, then when I show them the photo, they can look at their session and then look at the photo and be like, holy smokes, you know, like I got something here, you know? Um, and so that's a really good learning thing. And it also, uh, one of the most important things about remote viewing to me is like learning how your specific mind works, um, you know, because a lot of people uh, use automatic writing in their sessions where they're not really conscious of what they're drawing. Or sometimes we take a, a um, their session and we have a sketch and we turn it in different angles. And if you turn it, it looks exactly like the photo or whatever the object is that, that they're remote viewing. So those are cool things that happen. You know, I had a student where the picture was, um, it was a train and it was on a track, like a bridge that was between two uh, cliffs and it was very high up. And this person actually drew a vertical structure, rectangular, and then drew like, windows in it going downward and he called it um uh, a rising a rising building some kind of building if you turn the picture of the train the same direction or you turn his session side horizontal it looks like the train but he was you know his subconscious was giving him the the information for the session, his conscious wasn't aware of it. Wow. And those are the kinds of things that happen all the time. And you start learning, oh, this is how my mind works. Okay. You know, so those are really cool things. Yeah. Now, uh, when it comes to things like astral travel, out-of-body experiences, and things that are not the same as remote viewing, but kind of in the same strange category, have you experienced any of these other things? And what do you think the, the relation is, if any? Um, so, um, yes, I have. And I think when I talk, I talk about remote viewing, I'm referring to the protocol that the military started and where we use pen and paper and we follow uh, a steps to achieve something. And it's kind of based in a scientific way. You know, we have the tasking, people are blind. There's kind of a thing like that. There's also people use the word remote viewing when they tune into a location and they can describe it. So it's the same word, 
Um, like we should actually change the what we mean, you know, change the title remote viewing. Um, but I don't know of another word <laughs> that would be better. But I think that you are using your psychic abilities when you're remote viewing um, in this way. Um, and I teach so. Uh, before I answer your question, I want to also add that there are several forms of remote viewing that um, mirror what was originally um, created in Stanford Research Institute that the government used. Um, there's several guys that when they retired from the military uh, came out and started teaching different methods. Um, there's like, I think five or six of them. The one I teach is um, called TDS, Transdimensional Systems. And this was created by a civilian group. And it's kind of um, based in uh, based in learning a lot about yourself and how we work. It's kind of a more like Zen um, kind of way. And it's um, dealing with your mind and body together. Okay. And the other ones are more about the protocol, the structure of the session, gathering intel, very military-like. Um, but I feel like the TDS method is kind of the next step for humans. You know, it's like the first one was, okay, you know, kind of like the military invented the internet and now we use it for, so it's kind of like the military kind of put this frame around something called remote viewing. And then um, we are kind of evolving it into something that is, you know, civilians can use and me and you, everyone can, can use to better their lives and, and things like that. So, um, so when I teach this class with Irva, this is kind of the first time that they're having another kind of method and, um, and again, I'll just put a little plug in here that they reduce the price to $150 for non-members. These classes usually cost in the thousands. So if you ever ever wanted to learn remote viewing, this is a great time. Um, but getting back to your question um, on um, OBS, uh, outer body experiences, mm -hmm. I feel, so my, what happened to me is I, I spent a whole year um, working on uh, achieving it. And I did it three times. Um, the first time was actually the pyramids and something really interesting happened. Um, I was, um, I, so I don't know if I, have you ever had an o OBE? Not your typical OBE. I've had meditation where I've actually kind of made contact with what I've understand as my spirit guides and kind of taken in my my subconscious to what I perceived as a ship, although I was still there and I was still kind of in both realms at the same time. I don't know if that is a real out-of-body experience or what, but that was my experience. That's really cool. Yeah. So when we were, I had a partner and we were practicing together. And so we set an intention before we traveled. And um, our intention was to go to the pyramids. And so I, you know, did what I do. And I found myself um, in at the pyramids. And I was looking at the hieroglyphics, I was, you know, kind of scanning, and everything 
was moving so fast. It was like, zoop, 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 zoop. but my mind was moving slower, but I felt like I was like, you know, like a hummingbird, you know, just moving so fast. And at one point I thought to myself, I wonder what's under the, the, the pyramids. And so it was kind of funny. Cause I, my, I'm like, Oh, where's the door to get there. And then I'm like, wait, I could just go through the ground. So I was kind of having a talk with myself at the same time. So I, I plunged into the ground and I went very far down, probably more than 12 feet, very deep down. And I noticed that there was a tunnel system under there and it looked like um, piping going through. But what was really weird is it was gold. It was a gold color. And I said to myself, what is this? And it was almost like having, you know, in, uh, inner, what is it called? Yeah. The movie interception where you have a dream within a dream. Oh, so, inception, yeah. Yeah. So I had like an OBE within an OBE. And when I asked that question, I started getting, uh, like, as I was observing these pyramid people, you know, the, 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 um, yeah, the Egyptians, they were melting gold uh, pieces into like these little square shaped, very thin uh, pieces. It looked like foil, but it was gold. And I saw like the detail, the wrinkles in it, and they melted them into this pipe shape and they were installing them under the ground. And then I woke up and that was it. So lucky for me, um, you know, I worked with Art Bell and ended up getting a lot of connections to cool people. And I found some of the researchers of the pyramids that wrote these books, you know, on ancient alien and all that. And I, I asked a few of them, like, do you know what's under the pyramids? Like, is there anything? And I told them about my, um, OBE about it. And they were all like, well, there is theories that they did have a water system under there, which feeds into this idea of the power. And I was just like, whoa, okay, how would I even know that? So um, that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then the other one that was pretty cool um, is that we set the intention to go to Mars. And we like to we use the tactics of remote viewing where our tasking or our intention is very specific. So we said, let's go have a picnic on Mars near in Sidonia. Okay, so we like had it all. So of course, there's me, I get stood up again. And he didn't show up. I'm by myself. And I'm like, you know, putting the blanket out and, you know, kind of going through, I sit down on the blanket and I put my feet in the sand and I'm like, Whoa, that feels, that doesn't feel like sand. And then I put my hand in it and I pulled my hand out and it looked like a henna, a henna print on my hand. And I was like, Whoa, this, this doesn't feel like sand. It feels like powder. So I woke up and I asked him, I'm like, do you know anything about the sand on Mars? He's like, no, look it up. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I go and look it up and there's an article that 
explain or describes the sand on Mars like talc. They use the word talc, like talcum powder. I was like, whoa, how would I ever, like, how would I ever know that? So I had to have been there is what my thought is. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. Uh, I had a guest that uh, told me that he knows some people who are really deep into out-of-body experiences and astral travel, and they tried to uh, kind of infiltrate the the White House through astral travel, and there were two guards like in the astral realm that said, nope, you can't get through here. Have you ever heard of anything like this, like entities or people that know how to project into these kind of spaces and keep you from knowing things? Absolutely. Somebody asked me about protection. If you don't want somebody to remote view you, it's, it is like putting security up. I know uh, my friend who we were targeted again, we had no idea, but in his session afterwards, he told me, he goes, I had the weirdest thing happen where I got to this point and I was stopped. I, I mean, I really felt like pushback and I'm like, wow, what, what is that? And he goes, I don't know. I never had that before, but I, I had a sensation like, don't, you can't go further. This is it. The book stops mm. here. And then we found out that we were viewing um, the alien base on the moon. That was our target. And then we're like, oh, Okay. Uh, there's something we're not supposed to see here. Wow. So, yeah, I think that everything's about intention. So if you, you know, if there's somebody that, you know, doesn't want, you, you know, if you don't want somebody to remote view you and then you intent, you know, you put up an intention that you're blocking and then that's it. No, people can't get through that. Um, yeah. So it's, pretty strong yeah now um you you've had experiences um with something about remote viewing lyme disease so um chris newby she wrote a book um it's called um bitten and i think there's going to be a documentary coming out where uh she talks about um that we were creating a bioweapon using uh, ticks. And so her research is pointing to the fact that there's a possibility that um, that there was um, a leak um, or some mistake or something got out of hand and then became Lyme disease. Um, and now she's researching because she feels like, I don't know if we can talk about, but the, the most recent thing going on uh, that happened recently in the last couple of years um, uh, also has the similar signs of something that just got loose. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so she's researching that too. Uh, But she asked, which was really cool. And this is why I want to put a team of remote viewers together, people that are committed to remote viewing so that we can do these projects. And um, uh, so she asked me to remote view some areas of her research that she didn't um, she didn't know about. And so um, so I kind of knew that I was doing something. So I wasn't completely blind to this because obviously she 
I knew who she was and that she was studying Lyme disease, but I actually didn't know anything about it. I, I didn't read her book. Um, and I didn't really know the details. And plus, I didn't know what she was going to ask me about. And it turned out she was asking about one of the, the original researchers or uh, scientists that were working on it. But my session was sort of leading in this direction on some kind of, um, it was like a, a land and water interface, like a kind of an island or a place somewhere. And I kept getting this military vibe in my session that led me to feel the Nazis were involved or something. There was some kind of experimentation going on, um, which was a very similar feeling that I got when somebody asked me to remote view Skinwalker Ranch. And they were very similar um, feelings. Like I, not necessarily the data was the same, but I just got the same feeling in my body on both of those targets that there was something going on um, and working on. Like some um, kind of nefarious clandestine group uh, experimenting with Yeah, stuff. experimenting was the thing. It was experimenting and it was, it, it was, uh, yeah, definitely something weird. So, um, yeah, it's very crazy. And, uh, but it's interesting. And it, it kind of led her, and what was so great is it, led her down a diff different path to research. Like, okay, this opens up another door for me to go down. You know, not necessarily all my infor information was correct or helpful, but it did give her this kind of door to open and, and go looking to see if she can verify anything I said. And then, and I did that about one or two years ago, I think. And then just, I think last week, she told me that she went back to look at my session and she could verify some of the things. So uh, what happens is like, you may not see it now, it may take time. Um, and that's actually what happened to me when uh, we had um, Homeland Security um, ask us to remote view the Olympics in 2020. They wanted to know the top threats. And on my session, I was getting a lot of, um, you know, like something that reminded me of, uh, there was a lot of debris everywhere. So it was either like a weather or maybe it didn't feel like an explosion. It just felt like a, some, some strong impact that happened because there was debris everywhere. Um, again, that's a lot like, you know, the AOL I spoke of earlier, when I saw a lot of debris everywhere, my left brain's trying to make sense. Well, if there's debris everywhere, it was either a bomb or some kind of weather thing. And so you want to stay away from kind of thinking that you want to just kind of follow where the session leads you. And so then it started going into a different direction where I was seeing an office and computers and um, some virus in the computers and something like that. So I handed in the session and we never heard anything again. So then the pandemic hits and um I think that was 2020, right? 2020, 21. So the end of 2021 into, yeah, the end of 2020, 20, 
um, I started thinking about my session and I realized that I was calling it a computer virus, but what affected the Olympics was a virus. It just wasn't a computer virus. It was a organic virus. Mm. And that blew me away. Um, because again, you know, your, your left brain is trying to make sense and says, you know, you're close, but not quite, you know, yeah. it's like virus. So what's the first thing I think of now, because we're into computers is a computer virus. Right. Um, but it, you know, who would have thought that it was a virus virus? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Uh, you also did something, uh, to look into information about the Knights Templar. Is that right? So I was working with Gretchen Cornwall, who is a, um, she's a researcher on the Knights of the Templar. And she's also been on, I think, yeah, several episodes of Oak Island, the Mysteries of Oak Island. And there's a ton of stuff going on there. And I was talking to her about some things. And of course, my obsession with the remote view viewing always comes up. And I'm like, well, if you ever need remote viewers, um, let me know. You know, we'll we'll help you with your research. And she's like, uh, and we're on a Zoom like you and I are. And she just pulls out of nowhere. It looked like magic. And she puts like this, some kind of wooden statue of some guy or something. Yeah, some guy. And I said, whoa, don't tell me anything because I don't want to know anything about it. And she's like, okay. I said, all right, well, I'll get some remote viewers. So I put out a call to my re remote viewers and three people did a session. And, um, and their stuff was incredible. Like one person actually, actually in her session said something about a large tree trunk with carvings on it. And that's what the statue kind of looked like. It was, it looked like it was carved from some kind of tree um, and then maybe stained or something because there was a little bit of a shine on it. Anyway, I asked Gretchen if she would be willing to get on a Zoom meeting so we can tell her about our sessions and she can give us feedback. And she's like, yeah, great. So it turns out that this statue was what she believes to be um, I had a, uh, Sir Henry Sinclair, and which he has a big, huge history. But all the people in the sessions were actually describing Henry Sinclair, and she was verifying all these points. And so what ends up happening is she was so bl blown away, like you could see her brain like, whoa, you know, how could you even know this? Um, I never even really heard, I heard the name Henry Sinclair, but I didn't know anything um, about it. And so she ended up putting this in her documentary, which will be coming out, I don't know when, very shortly. Um, so this is like, you know, it put her on the track, it verifies things that you know, she has a theory about, but then when these strangers that don't know anything come up with verifiable data, it makes you like, whoa, yeah, okay, this is this is something. So uh, that was really cool. That was a cool session. Yeah, definitely. Now, have you worked with younger children? And if so, do you find that they're easier to yeah. kind of teach how to do this stuff? No, 
<laughs> no, I've okay. not worked with children okay. with it. I mean, I've, I've taught my kids, but they weren't little. Like, mm. I think they were probably about, I think my youngest at the time was probably 12. Um, and then, uh, and then I had a 14 and 15 year old. So they were probably, I mean, not little children, but I did teach them. Um, and, uh, I feel like all it really did teaching them is, you know, just getting closer to trusting their instincts about things and also learning that what you see isn't always the reality. You know, it's, it, you know, you have to question things. You have to kind of let go of what you think is there and really tune in back into your, your, um, your gut feeling about things. And I think, you know, they may not have all the structure to do all this stuff or, you know, the, they roll their eyes all the time. Now they're like in their 20, mid twenties and, um, you know, with the rolling of the eyes of everything, but things sneak out where they're like, Oh my God, this thing happened to me. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Couldn't be remote viewing or anything. Right. It's not psychic, you know? So. But do you think, Children have kind of this stronger connection to these abilities than others. Uh, I hear this often that people who do work with children that have, uh, you know, abilities that once they get older, these abilities usually naturally just start to, to fade away. But, uh, you know, there's ways to, to, keep in, to keep them sharper, right? Yeah. So about that is that we encourage, like when I'm training, I'm encouraging the students to get into their child and what it it's like equating to getting into your subconscious because children are really going through life in their subconscious uh, up until the age of six or seven. And to be a good remote viewer, you have to let go of that left brain. And these kids, they just kind of operate in the world by what things feel like. They don't know the names of things, so they have to describe them. You know, they don't have language. And language is where we get our problems in many ways. Our language is where our problems start. But if we go back to what things feel like in our bodies. And that's what kids automatically do until they start kind of evolving into critical thinking and analyzing things. That's when we get into trouble because like I just said, like things that you see aren't necessarily what you're seeing, you know? Um, you know, things could, um, you know, you can, uh, you know, see two people together and assume they're a couple, right? Because they're friendly and then find out they're brother and sister. They're just, you know, they're not dating, they're friendly. So you can't really trust your eyes that much. Um, you have to really go back to your kind of gut feeling like, well, maybe it's not, you know, don't draw an assumption. Don't draw a conclusion to what I'm seeing. And children don't do that. So I think, you know, that's why. And if we can kind of go back, if we can switch, you know, make a switch where we turn back to like five years old again and get into that state of mind where everything's a wonder, um, I think we could be like perfect remote viewers. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, I, I think that the more that I find out about all this stuff, remote viewing, astral travel, forms of meditation, that your your thoughts and your brain is your worst enemy when it comes to this, and you have to shut that off as much as possible and just go off of your feelings and uh, things that are coming up inside you, right? Yeah, exactly. Very true. Now, what, what do you think are some of the best techniques that that you could uh, give people advice if they're interested in maybe trying this well take the class (laughs) um but um practice you know it's 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 repetitive um i think there's a lot of people in remote viewing that compare it to a martial excuse me a martial art um you know if you remember the karate kid where um he was teaching him to um you know wax on wax off and he he didn't understand why he was doing that all the time like it was why am i waxing this car why am i doing this um but it became something automatic where it got to a point where he didn't think about it and it just kicked in at the right time and so that's really what remote viewing is you know is you practice a lot and it becomes automatic where all of a sudden things bubble up, you get this knowing, because we don't, we dismiss things all the time. We're getting constant information. Um, and we dismiss, oh, I can't be, I can't, you know, we dismiss it, we justify it, we do all this stuff. And what remote viewing does is it puts the brakes on and say, whoa, maybe I should look at that. You know, maybe that is a message for me. People, you know, that are freaking out because they they want to find a job and they don't realize that the jobs are like being thrown at them all day long, but they just don't see it because they're not in that state to see all this stuff coming at them. But if you are aware of things, then, you know, and then of course you have fear that blocks you from seeing these things or um, usually it's fear. Um, and that's why you would dismiss it. That can't be, that can't be, but it's there and you just have to like pluck it out, you know? And, um, just like I was telling you before we started and I was, um, my kids went to a, the Cubs game today and I was telling you the story how, um, I went to a baseball game and I wasn't really, I was there to get a son tan and I was on my phone the whole time wasn't paying attention and I kind of noticed like everybody around me stood up but I didn't really care I was into my phone and uh next thing I know the ball the game ball fell in my lap and everybody was like you know they all turned and went what um but the ball fell in my lap so things aren't constantly coming at you and Um, You just have to like, you know, my big thing is like, why did the ball come? Why did the ball come to me? Like, what does this mean? I'm always asking though, what can I learn from this? How is this a metaphor? And, um, and that's, you know, I wasn't like that before I started going down this path of remote viewing. So you you would say that it could help people figure out uh, things about the nature of their own reality and journey and and purpose and where they're headed. Yeah, that's that's what my main focus. Like I have two. One is to help people, 
And the other is to kind of evolve as a person because, you know, all these things are showing us that we're more than this. We're more than this vessel. We are so, you know, we're, we could just do so much. And, um, and I feel like this is the path or similar. This is a path. At least it's a starting point um, to where it could go. You know, remote viewing in 20 years might not look like this anymore, um, but it's it's a starting place where um, we can move forward. Hello, friends. Have you heard of PEMF or Pulsed Electromagnetic Field Technology? I want to tell you a little bit about the Centropics Cloud. The Centropics Cloud is an at-home bioresonance frequency device. With the cloud, you can protect yourself and optimize your wellness anywhere you go. It supports molecular activation, energy, endurance, performance, rapid recovery, mental acuity, stress reduction, sleep management, deep relaxation, and much more. The cloud has the most effective frequency range of any at-home bioresonance frequency device. With the cloud, you'll experience up to 20,000 amplitudes per second through eight large coils and reach a wider molecular range in the body. Regenerate your batteries and keep your inner vital forces at full speed with the Centropics Cloud. Just visit GetTheFrequency.com or click the link in the description to take control of your health today. Right. I love it. I love that uh, so many people have kind of shifted during this kind of awakening that everybody's going through and become more interested in things like this. Uh, now, you also do uh, hypnosis. Is that right? Yeah, I do hypnosis. Uh, could you talk about maybe some of the most uh, profound things that you've done to help people through hypnosis? Well, one of the things there's, I'm finding that there's a lot of um, common things between, sometimes I use remote viewing and hypnosis. I have a situation where somebody um, lost um, their keys to the rental car. And um, some of those keys to replace them are very expensive. And so the, on top of it, they were completely freaking out because they didn't have the money to, to pay. And so hypnosis helped me calm him down. Um, so what I did was when I first heard about it, I did a session, uh, to locate the keys. Um, and so I did a quick session. I think it was like five or 10 minutes and, I got word like perceptions, somehow a cat popped up in my session. Um, and then some kind of, uh, metallic, uh, table or stool or something. And then, um, you know, carpet or something, uh, something on the ground. And it was like kind of hidden in the dark and it's something like it didn't hit the sunlight. So, I hypnotized him over the phone, mind you. Um, and I was kind of just experimenting to see if it would work. And so I, I started calming him, putting him into trance. And it turned out that the reason he lost his keys, the main reason was because of his cat. So I, it seems so random to me that I would get a cat 
but it turned out that um, his cat had a stomach problem. And so his uh, method to heal that was to starve the cat for, I think, three days. I, I, I don't know. He, that was his thing. I wasn't judging. Um, but if I were going to judge, no, I'm kidding. The cat's okay, by the way. <laughs> it was not harmed. Yeah. Um, so he, I guess he just wanted it to, you know, kind of like what we do. Like if you have a stomach thing, you don't eat for right. at least 24 hours. So anyway, so he was freaking out because it was the third day and he wanted to get food for the cat right away because it's already been three days. So he ran to the grocery store and, you know, was going to get food and then get back to the cat. So he remembered. Um, so in trance, I even asked him what the receipt, the dollar amount on the receipt. Do you ever remember the dollar amount on your receipt? No. Now, so he did in trance. He remembered every single detail, but could not, you know, because I was taking him back to the time that he lost his keys because our subconscious has permanent memory. And all we have to do is kind of get through all the, the noise of the world and then kind of push that memory forward. But for some reason, I wasn't getting, I mean, I got the dollar amount on the receipt. I got every other detail, but for, for some reason, couldn't get where the keys were. So I said, well, I want you, and I gave him a hypnotic suggestion. You're going to go to sleep now. And when you wake up, you're going to walk to the keys and pick them up. I'm like, you know, let's see if it works. So the next morning at 1030, he calls me up and he's like, you know, Michelle, I had a really bad migraine. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, but I fell asleep. And when I got up in the morning, I found the key. I'm like, you did? Where was it? He goes, it was under a table in the carpet. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Because maybe the cat knocked the keys. I don't know. But he found it. And that's how I used hypnosis with remote viewing. And it worked. Wow. Like, you know, hey, that worked. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, now, have you used this for, you said you, you were able to kind of access people's past lives a bit through remote viewing. Have you integrated any hypnosis into this? Um, so um, hypnosis, I do separate. We do past lives all the time. Okay. Um, people love it because they want to kind of, but I'd like to add that purpose where, um, you know, where you take a skill or some information and kind of bring it to this life to help improve your life. Mm -hmm. So we do those things all the time. Um, and the other thing I use is, um, like an age regression, uh, but I don't control where people go. So uh, we use age aggression mainly if people have a phobia or they want to break a habit or anything like that. And so I just see myself as the headlights to a car. And there are times where people, even though we call it an age regression, sometimes people will pop into another life that is connected to this life of where the phobia came from. So if they're afraid of swimming, maybe they drown in a past life, but I just take them like wherever they want to go. And so they would take me 
oh, you know, to this life and then start describing it. And then it turns out they drown or something. Um, my brother, who's completely skeptical, he's a skeptical believer like myself, but worse. Cause like, for example, he'll say, I believe in hypnosis, but not remote viewing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so he, um, so he, I took him to a time where I'll just make a long story short, where I took him to the de the death of that life. And he was describing that he was falling down a well. And I said, you know, what happened? And he said, somebody pushed me. And then he saw himself, you know, dead at the bottom of it. And I said, um, do you think this has something to do with your fear of heights? And he said, yes. And he's in trance this whole time. I said, okay, so let's heal this. And so then we went through a process where we healed his fear. <clears throat> we, we healed his fear. And then a few months later after this incident, I asked him, you know, how, how are you doing and dealing with heights? He said, well, let me just tell you, I have a healthy fear of heights now. And so it worked, you know, it's very cool. Um, so, wow. yeah. It is. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, you, I think you, last time you were on, you talked a bit how remote viewing can actually be used to somewhat predict future events or maybe see into the future a bit. Have you been able to, to do this uh, with any success? All the time, um, we I have a couple uh, research published research papers that went into the Journal for Cyclical Research and the Parapsychology Association um, on my website, butterflyeffectcenter.com. You can see those papers where we did experiments in predicting future outcomes of sporting events. Um, and then to make it interesting, we used our dreams. So just really quickly, what we did was we were assigned a photo that represented a team. So for example, the Cubs would have one photo and another team would have another photo. And our, we're supposed to dream about the photo of the team, of the winning team that they're gonna show us after the game. Does that make sense? I don't. It's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Uh, okay, so uh, we're what we're essentially doing is we are projecting our subconscious into the future to the time of after the game, and we are perceiving the photo that's going to be emailed to us. So we have no idea number one what two photos that they picked, and we don't know which photo is going to be sent to us. So we are reaching into the future and bringing the information back to the past. How cool is that? Yes, that is really so cool. There is a huge amount of people working on that um, where they are predicting financials, sporting, horse, horses, uh, anything that you can predict. You can even, you can even predict like what kind of, girl or guy I'm going to meet in, in the future, you know, you could anything that you want, you know, do you like we did, you know, going into the future when we were looking at the Olympics, we did that session mm -hmm. a year before the Olympics. So the idea of being able to reach into the future 
um, and um, bring and then send the information back is pretty cool. And then it begs the question, can we use this for ourselves? Like when we're making a choice between something, can we kind of send the information back saying, don't do that choice? You know, if you have choice A and choice B, you choose A and A didn't really go well for you. Can you send the information back to say, don't choose A, choose B. Um, so we get into these big philosophical questions about being able to do that. And I think that, you know, we're just such babies in this, you know, world that I think we'll be able to evolve and be able to do that more often where, you know, just to help ourselves, like what path. And then the other question is, do we want to know, like, maybe you will be cheating yourselves out of a learning experience. So, um, you know, maybe you have to go down that path and learn a big lesson for even more. I mean, it's like a chain effect. It's kind of, uh, it's a big question. Definitely. Yeah, I can imagine that there are individuals and organizations and high-level groups that may be a bit threatened or concerned about too many people learning how to do this stuff because if too many people have these wonderful abilities, we wouldn't need daddy government for really anything anymore. Are these you know corporations that are trying to sell us uh, all these deadly things that are kill us instead? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because right now there is this um, – this um, group and they are making money all the time. And we're also hired a lot of times by corporate corporations, CEOs, CFOs. They're asking us to help them decide on stocks that they should invest in. So mm. we get a lot of groups like that that are hiring us. Um, right now, my guess that they're not bugging any remote viewers right now is because we still. I mean, we, it's just not reliable because we're human. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's just enough to, I think they're keeping an eye on things, but I think that there's going to be a point where we overcome it, mm -hmm. where we'll be able to figure out how to, how to kind of turn down the left brain and turn up the right brain. And at some point we're going to do it because that's where we're going and uh yeah so i think you know yeah we live in definitely incredible times i'm i'm excited about a lot of things that are happening right now especially in these fields paranormal psi activity remote viewing all the stuff uh and right now is a perfect time for you to let the audience know all about what they can expect from these remote viewing classes so yeah so it's basically a lot of what we're talking about um there's it's an eight uh, week course and each um, session is two hours long. So I'll teach, um, we have different phases. So I'll teach a little about the phase and then we'll do a session. Um, and then we'll also do exercises to um, get us better at these things. And it's a lot of fun. And um, and like I said before, like you can't beat the price um, because oh, usually 50 bucks. Are, that's crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> it's because um, Irva, we're teaming up together um, because I I just really want more people to be learning this. I think mm. it it will help a lot of people. That's great. And it starts Saturday, September 3rd online, correct? Yes. Yeah. And then awesome. the 
<clears throat> I think I have the link to register. Yes, I will have um, the link right for, in the description. Everyone will be able to just easily click that and, and register. Yeah, make sure that when you, you go to the third one down where it says Michelle Freed, Transdimensional Systems, a lot of people miss that. That's okay. the one that you click on. Perfect. <clears throat> awesome, Michelle. Well, this was fantastic. You know, we'll be so talking again soon for sure. Yeah. And before you head out, let the audience know uh, where they can find more about you, anything else you're offering, uh, all the good stuff like that. Oh, so um, just this for now. And then I'll probably in the winter uh, start my own classes um, again. I like small groups in my classes and it's a little bit more money. Um, I charge like $415 for my class. Um, and I'll also be offering um, something called remote. Um, it's like a, a medical med apps where uh, it's helps for healing. And if you're into true crime, it can also help um, identify um, cold cases and um, anything like that. We find missing people. And um, one thing I'm starting to think about is a human trafficking situation that I'm wondering if we might be able to help help with things like that. Um, so I'll be kind of probably in the end of winter working on a new class for that. And like you said earlier, you're eventually looking for a team for special remote viewing projects, right? Yes. Yeah. Ap operational remote viewing where uh, people get hired um, and you don't make a ton of money. Maybe not mama needs a new pair of shoes money, um, but it, you know, at least you're getting some money for doing something. Um, so that, that is uh, an option. I'm looking for committed people that um, just will keep practicing and and be reliable uh, for these cases because they're always coming in and I have to turn them down. Mm. Um, so what I want to do is find a really good team. Excellent. Michelle, thank you so much. This was fantastic, and we'll be definitely talking again in the future. Okay, great. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See you all then.